This is Crisscross Applesauce. I'm Amit Kooner. I'm the uh, data guy here. I'm Mike Gardner, one third of Crisscross Applesauce. I am the Donald guy here. So talking about a lot of things, politics and the like. And I am Gunther. I am the other fourth of Crisscross Applesauce. <laughs> Um, That's true, there are four of us. <laughs> I'm the designer. <laughs> so before we get started, uh, Michael had a good point that we need to kind of explain where our name came from. So a few months ago when I, when I pitched this idea to Gunther and to Michael, uh, we were thinking of a name. And it was around the time at work where I'm, I'm quite a bit older than people at my work. I work at agencies, so the median age seems to be around 22 and a half years old. And I was sitting around at work saying that, you know, we were in a room, there wasn't enough seating space. And I said, well, why don't we just sit Indian style on the ground? And one guy stopped me and he said, you can't say Indian style anymore, dude. It's crisscross applesauce. Wow. So, so easily offended. He's so easily offended. So I thought that'd be a great name for this podcast where we want to talk about things that might push the envelope. Push the envelope. And challenge there you go. the you know, conventional wisdom and the way in which people see things. Yeah. Um, and, and sometimes people will be offended. And that's never the intent. It's just to get people to think differently about a certain topic. Now, to that point, I think uh, that's part of the magic uh, ingredients about the podcast. We have uh, each one of us brings fairly well thought out, that is uh, TBD. Um, but we, we definitely bring uh, point of views that we've already kind of been grounded on uh, and, and not necessarily see eye to eye perhaps with each other. And I think part of the beauty is in, in the discourse that, that appears and comes up uh, during some of these discussions. I certainly get something out of them uh, on a regular basis and just, um, you know, hopefully others do as well. Okay. Yeah, and so I, I think the hope really is for us to explore one topic each month. One, one different person on the team will be taking uh, a stab at like going deep into one topic that they're really passionate about. The rest of us will do some research on it. We'll challenge them or we'll, you know, add some more color to their discussion. And then we'll kind of go rapid fire through some other things we've been thinking about over the last month. Sounds good to cool. me. Cool. Perfecto. So this month, Gunther wants to talk about language. Shoot. F you. <laughs> Not foul language. No, that, that may come into play. Well, don't, don't worry. It's going to get and bleeped. And that stuff doesn't get bleeped. Or does it? Uh, well, I think, I think it gets bleeped. Because, <laughs> okay. I don't know. They're just... I, you know what? It would be interesting to see if like us saying bleep gets bleeped. Well, now we're self, self-editing, self right? Yeah, that, yeah. That's, we we got to go full, full Monty on this yeah. thing. Just got to say uh, Yes. All right. Uh, it's, it's, there's so, been some pieces that, that probably have not made it on. Others have. That's true. So, so I, I think, if Gunther, if you can, um, why don't you give a definition of what language is? Uh, maybe we'll probably get into how it differs from communication. Maybe talk a little bit about the history of language. Because I would bet that if you asked 10 people how to define language, many of them probably couldn't. They'd say, well, the words that I'm using to speak, which is part of language, but that is only one aspect. Um, yeah, so I like to go back all the way back to the year 2000. Okay. Uh, year 2000. Uh, <laughs> this is a certain recurrence, I think, to that one. When no. language started. Yeah. <laughs> when language started in the year 2000. Yeah, there you go. The topic for this month appeared in the Sacred University of Quora. Big, avid Quora reader. I feel like uh, Quora 
is, uh, I mean, before I used to love the black hole of Wikipedia, but now with Quora, it's like, yeah, what are the best three ways to shoot heroin? Like, it's just like all of these questions kind of come up and you're like, what do I? In between I, your toes. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm like, oh, I've, I've never considered that question, right? So um, this question came up about three, four weeks ago on my feed and it's, it, it said the following. If two babies were left alone on an island and they survived, would they create their own fluent language or would it be more like different grunts? And here's a question that I've never thought, I've never considered. So then I read kind of like what people had written and I followed some of the links that they had written about. Uh, I landed in some Wikipedia pages and I looked at some of the sources in the Wikipedia pages and I really became interested on this idea of language. And, and the more I read about language, all of a sudden, a lot of other things started coming to mind, like me being a designer, oftentimes I hear people talk about design language or like what is, you know, uh, recently I had to do a bunch of like contract reading and I had to read about like the legal language of these contracts and then there's you know, business speak and all these different things. And if we think about that, like, so one of the things that interests me is whenever I come across moments like these, in which he talks kind of, it goes back to the origin of a particular word, in this case, language, or the origin of how language is created to human beings, it kind of makes me curious to know how a word like language evolved over time to mean something like design language or like visual language and those type of things. As a result, I wanted to uh, dive in a little bit deeper into the origins of language and kind of talking with with with, with my fellow uh, hosts here, uh, some of the conversations became like, well, Gunther, like, how should we approach this? And both of them being very, you know, experts on their field, versatile in their particular fields, I kind of challenged them on, I want to discuss language, and I just want to know what language means to you. So I'm interested today to, like, hear what language means from, like, a data side about things, a what's programming language might mean, how did that get started, why do we call it programming language, like the language of particular products or markets. But anyway, with that, I think table is now open and yeah. let's discuss. I know that some of the very first, uh, probably one of the most fascinating articles for me were, uh, the, the two f most fascinating articles for me were the language deprivation experiments and the idea that experiments have actually taken place in which children have kind of been removed from society in the names of quote unquote science to see what were the very first words that they that they spoke and in that case trying to find kind of like what the mother language was and, and, and kind of following that path of mother language then I started kind of researching some of the like studies that have been done with regards to like cognitive language acquisition mm -hmm. and just the idea of like the nurturing nature between a mother and a child and kind of those being the initial steps. But um, the original kind of core question was if two babies were left alone, yeah. but then that kind of evolved. And actually, and I think in one of the articles that you shared, those experiments were actually conducted. You wouldn't be able to get away with that now, but yeah. it was two, two babies with a, a mute kind of nanny, and they wanted to see if language was innate, right? Was this part of our DNA? Was this part of who we are as human beings? And that if isolated, would language be developed? So they actually did run these experiments hundreds or thousands of years ago, and someone can, can fact check me on that exactly. But I think for me, it's trying to just understand like, what is language? So if I ask the question, how many languages exist today in the world? Ahmed, do you know the answer to that? 
Gosh. I'm sorry. Like spoken by humans well, so this, or communicate. I don't even know. So 10,000. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, close. They, they, they range between 5,000 and 7,000 depending on how one classifies language. So I okay. think even the definition of language, depending on who is asked, maybe has some, some variance, right? Mm -hmm. But the idea is that it's a complex system of communications that really humans are the ones who have it, although other animal species have communication skills, but they there's main properties associated with language. The English language, how many words, Gunther, in the English language? Well, are we speaking Shakespearean? Or? <laughs> well, no, I, the English language has about 170,000 words. And from that... Does that mean in the dictionary? That, yeah, that is in, in one of the dictionaries. So it doesn't include slang or anything? Um, like, sometimes like, slang is actually included in the dictionary. And I don't think it's not proper, proper English. Well, you, you young kids today, man, you've got your, own, <laughs> your, your new speak about, you know... This and that and X's and O's. I don't even know what. On fleek. X's but anyway, and O's. <laughs> crisscrosses applesauces. Oh, but anyway, true. so I mean, through, what's, what's amazing is through those 170,000 words, you can create almost an infinite number of combinations, which is one of the uh, maybe prerequisites or properties of language, which I think is fascinating. As a marketer and as somebody who's interested in politics, you know, I mean, language communication is 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 paramount, right? Um, you can have something very technical, very complex. And but it's but it's marketed to the masses, and if you can't use language to get somebody to understand it, to take the action that you want, then it's all for naught. You could have an amazing product, but if you don't communicate it effectively, right? So I, I very much believe in the power of language, um, but it's also been a kind of an iterative thing over time. Uh, so if you kind of look at the, the history of, of of language over over time, another interesting stat that I came across was that. Um, a lot of academics think that by the, t by the year 2100, between 50 and 90% of languages spoken at the beginning of the 21st century will be extinct. Mm -hmm. That's fascinating to me, Through right? the merging of cultures? Through the merging of cultures, just through, um, you know, the, uh, there's a lot of redundancy, especially in a language like in English, right? Where you've got a hundred synonyms. There's other, other articles I read about, you know, Russian and what words mean in Russian versus English and how it actually impacts thought. So we can travel down those paths in a little bit. but. Anyway, you know, I'm fascinated by the topic, and it's it's gotten me to try to want to understand more about how uh, language came to be. Why is it so significant? We kind of take for granted that we're able to uh, move our lips and our mouths and our vocal cords, and sounds come out, and that we know what these sounds mean, and that the 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 meaning of these words are only as good as the language that's been developed over time. So, what's the difference between what what's language and what's communication? Well, it doesn't matter, right? We, let this, let's discuss that. Do you do you okay. have uh, do you have a no no? Because yeah, you, you well, were asking me so so you were asking me about programming languages. So I was thinking that like a programming language is like a syntax and a set of rules that you have to get a computer to do something. Well, would you would the anal the, the analogous nature of that be grammar? Yeah. Okay. Well, sure. You're right. It is grammar because there's many different – well, okay, so there's many different languages, whether you use Python, R, JavaScript, C++, Java, whatever you – whatever you're writing. There's These are an, computer the, languages versus human languages. Totally, totally. But, but they're still both called languages, right? So I'm just trying to figure out like what is the – So, so, so I, I, I have it right here thanks okay. to our friends at Wikipedia. Okay. Well, at least what I've, what I've uh, uncovered was that there's four main properties okay. of language. So communications uh, – you know, uh, apes communicate, right? They 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 can uh, use you know tools and and movements and sounds to mean something. 
but the, the difference that that's communication. The difference I think for humans is that uh, human language is open-ended and productive. So that you can that humans can produce a vast range of utterances from a finite set of elements, right? So 170,000 words in the English language, we can produce an almost infinite number of sentences, right? So that language is you have words that mean one thing isolated, and then strung in a sentence can mean any number of things, right? Mm-hmm. So that's different. That that's different between humans and animals. So humans, is it because humans? Okay. I have an answer for that. I, okay. I do have an yeah. answer for that, but I, I want to go say. back to your programming concept. Yeah. What were you saying about grammar and programming languages? So I think you're actually, maybe you're right about it, that programming languages, because what are you doing? You're telling the computer to do something based on certain rules, right? And if you Whether use you those say, rules, nothing's going to come out. Right. Those so rules if I use are start based speaking, on human language, right? These, rule, these rules are, are, I mean, the, the meaning of, the, of the, the code ties back to what we want it to do, right? Correct. So, and, and I think this is an output. What we're talking about structure here is if I start speaking gibberish with, you may understand the words, you may understand some of the words, but there is no structure to it. Yeah. Uh, so I think in the same idea kind of to goes back to like this idea of coding. Yeah. Uh, that you need to have that structure, and that structure is what uh, kind of creates a more streamlined form of communication for yeah. the machine. Yeah. To go back to Mike's point with regards to the words and what words mean, something that is really interesting is everything kind of from 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 my what some of the reading that I've been doing, everything kind of goes back a little bit to like the cognitive revolution. We're talking about 70,000 to about 30,000 BC. Okay. And what's really interesting about this is prior to this, so as I'm going back to this idea of the two babies on the island, if they were to mimic the nature around them, a monkey, a bird, a set of animals, could they do have language to say, careful, careful there's an eagle, or careful, there's, there, there's a lion, and they'll spread this cry and kind of they'll go back to their, go back to their caves, go back to their like, hiding places, et cetera, et cetera. But the evolution of language for us means something a lot bigger in my mind because the evolution of language for us means that we were able to break from careful and eagle, careful a lion to be careful there's a lion around that curve hiding behind yeah. that bush. Well, not something, that doesn't, something that hasn't happened, but we are able to visualize that in our mind. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden that brings on a board is this idea of like creative or the idea of like visualization, being able to make something abstract, tangible, and being able to make something that's imaginary, believable. Right. And that right. to me is so powerful. Well, yeah, because non-human animals can also indicate that there's a predator, right, down the road, right? So that, that There's a predator, but they'll yeah, tell yeah, you yeah. where it that, is. That or... in and of itself does not make a distinction between, I guess, communication and language. But to your point about understanding past and then trying to make conclusions about the future, right, um, I, I think is yes. maybe one thing that helps differentiate language so, from your communication. Can you go more into the cognitive revolution that you were just talking about? Like what happened during that time to create that? Well, like, also, was, I've also heard about, you know, the evolution of the brain, obviously, right? So as, as people taking a evolved, bunch of mushrooms all of a sudden. <laughs> well, yeah, I've read that before, that people were taking a bunch of mushrooms and that and helped. And that, that helped to speed up the process. Well, I, it just helped in general with evolution. Well, maybe like, it helped with imagination, right? The, yeah. the ability to visualize something very different and yeah. like, and then that, that, that helps to uh, do something with the neurons or I don't know what, but yeah, I can it, see it brings more case. blood to your brain. 
Yeah. Well, so imagine this. Imagine 70,000 you know, 70, BC and you're traveling in a trove mm-hmm. or a tribe of 150 homo sapiens like through the, you know, the, the Serengeti. And uh, what are you doing all day? Like you're just together. This is before the age of agriculture. This is before like we're still like just kind of nomadic creatures just kind of moving around roving around mm. and you're spending 150 like i'm sorry you're, you're spending uh 18 hours a day 20 hours a day 24 hours a day with with this beings with with people within your tribe mm. and part of the idea for language really uh that i kind of uh was reading up on is it also helped these tribes bond mm-hmm. because all of a sudden it's a cultural a, a, a big yeah. part of language is gossip and if you think of like human culture in today's day and age, is this idea that like gossip is when 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 um, when cardiologists take a break, they don't just keep talking about cardiology. They're more like, "Hey man, how was your weekend? What do you do this weekend? Oh, do you hear about so and so?" And that forms like tighter uh, like t- tighter social bonds, tighter yeah. communities. Correct. And then all of a sudden, it's like that. I mean, I don't know what happened between 30,000 and 70,000 to 30,000. Like, there's this idea that, like, in that aspect of tribal bonding and in that aspect of gossiping, uh, kind of, we were able to perhaps enlarge our creative muscle. Yeah, th- think about it this way, too. I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, language develop, was developed before writing was, right? So right. how did how was knowledge transferred? Mm-hmm. It was transferred through storytelling, to your point. It, it was... Um, and I think I mean I think of myself today as a modern day storyteller. Well, I right? have to go but back that, to your comment on writing, though, because it's hieroglyphics and art, like the yeah. the, the caveman well, that went out and put things, sure. the caveman that put the hand and left the handprint in the cave. Like, is that writing, yeah. or like the, the drawings of the bison? Was that writing? Well, I, and I guess if we brought in the def, you know, make yeah. the de- definition of language as broad as possible, verbal. Uh, Writing, braille is a form of language. I mean, I think all these things are language, but if, uh, but as it relates to kind of like our Homo sapien, whatever forefathers and mothers, um, mm-hmm. that the way in which knowledge was passed down through generations initially was through spoken word, right? And so you had to. I mean, how do you, how do you, yeah, just transfer knowledge over time? Language, I think, was just a natural byproduct of that. Yeah. Yeah. And well, uh, as far as like passing uh, language down, I think it was in one of these like biblical stories that, that we came across where, where, where one of these experiments yeah. of like, uh, you know, what, 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 what did the child speak? And bring up the Bible already? Well, no, it was, like, it, was, it was this king that was like, tell me what was the first word that the child said. And, and they thought, you know, that once the, the child said it, they thought that the word was like Persian or, you know, yeah, some, right, something along right, those right. lines. Or I think it was Greek. And, they, the, you know, the, 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 the sage of the town said the root of that word is Greek. And therefore, Greek is the word of, 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 of humans. But, right. um, but but what's really interesting was also this idea of um, the, let me see where I can find it. Yeah, I could throw other words out there like recursivity and displacement, which I think are also characteristics of language. Recursivity being language having nouns and verbs, past and present. And there's actually one other thing that I'd love to, to discuss with you, Gunther. It's these uh, language deprivation tests you're talking about. Mm-hmm. So... 
Isolating I'm not going to lie. I, I'm, I'm reading about it right now. So isolating children well, was you, usually done by kings back in the day to understand correct. more about. No need for you to read it. You okay. actually spent an hour watching it. And we're dying to hear about your, your video experience. True. I did watch a VHS of it. In one of the, Wikipedia, in one of the Wikipedia articles, uh, I, I think it was a Wikipedia article that Gunther had posted in there, there was a link to another famous language deprivation experiment that was done on the Twilight Zone. And so, <laughs> and, and, and so the setup was, this was sometime after World War II, there was a bunch of families from around the world who sat around this table, and there was one person who was the ringleader. He was this German guy who said... We need to find a better way for our children to communicate, essentially. And so what we're going to do is is we're going to cut our children off from the world. We are going to teach them only. We're not. We're going to try to go above language to see if they can be, what is it called? Like a te- 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 like telekinetic. Yeah. yeah, right? And so it fast forwards 10 years later, and this girl survives the burning down of her parents' house very mysteriously. And she's taken in by the local sheriff, and they think she's Is that mute. like a boy raised, raised by wolves? Does well, he acquire Wolvian speak? No, no, no. He doesn't. She doesn't speak at all. But she is speaking in her head and doesn't know who she can communicate with. And she's like freaking out because she's never actually opened her mouth to talk to somebody. Yeah, one of these articles also I think has something interesting like that. Like yeah. people actually go mad when deprived yeah, of the ability to express themselves interesting. Uh, verbally. And, and that one of these articles I read was like if – it was a professor who asked their students, if you, if, if I told you you had to remove one sense, what would it be? And someone said, well, I'd rather be blind or I'd rather be deaf. And then finally, one student said, well, you know, I don't want to lose the, the, the ability to speak and to, to communicate verbally. And um, I mean, I, I, there are studies, I think, of people actually l- literally losing their minds because they can't express themselves. That must happen in prison a lot. It's solitary confinement. I wouldn't I would doubt it. Yeah. Um, Interesting. Uh, and why, and, and so why – and so anyway, it ends up that, you know, she meets – you know, she's finally put in school when they can't locate anyone yeah. who can come get her. It's weird. Like in the 50s, they didn't have like child protective services or anything. She or just kind internet? of like – oh, the internet? <laughs> yeah. They can't like just Facebook her parents or whatever. So some folks had been heard from her parents. What One of the people that was at the table at the beginning of the episode, they haven't heard from her parents in a while. So they fly in to try to figure out like, you know, what happened to her parents – they go and meet the girl, and they realize that, like, in the in the time that they've left her, she's starting to want to be able to speak. Essentially, it ends with her being able to talk, and she starts crying and runs into, like, the, the woman who's, like, kind of adopted her's arms, yeah. right? I thought it was going to be a lot more f- to be honest. Like, I thought it was going to be something like she set her parents' house on fire, but it was, like, nothing like that. She just sort of, like, knew that a fire was going to happen and walked out, apparently. And then— Oh, the- so she did develop these other senses. Yeah. And so, like, she, she was able to understand, like, look inside people's heads and, like, figure out what people are actually thinking. So she had all of these telekinetic powers. Yeah. But in the end, she decides to, like, give it all up and be able to speak. And the family that came to kind of get her, to save her, yeah. they were like, no, you know what? This is the best thing for her. We should have let her talk. We should have let them talk from the beginning or whatever. And that was not what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. I thought it was going to be super f- like she was going to all of a sudden run the town. She was going to do all sorts of crazy things to people's heads. Said well, it was just like kind of like unsatisfying end where she was. Well, we all like X Men, right? Uh, where P- Professor X, right? Xavier can control people's minds and thoughts, but only with his helmet on, right? No, 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 no. He he, Magneto 
puts the helmet on to block it, I believe, right? Oh. Anyway, you know, so two things I wanted to say about that, one of which is I, I'm a twin, and people have often... Really? Yeah, yeah, I have a twin brother. We're fraternal, but people have often... They always ask me, can you guys communicate without... I mean, I think what they mean is verbal, you know, uh, sounds and noises and, and words. Only when and, you guys are peeing next to each other. Mine's bigger. Uh, so, uh, uh, yes, yeah, so, so uh, obviously, I mean, people have long thought that there's this deep connection between, I, I think, twins where I can feel pain, communicate from far distances that we don't need to speak. And, and uh, I think what my mom used to say when we were little, we, we had developed our own language together. And we would make sounds and noises and they would mean certain things. So um, I always I always found that to be interesting. But no, I don't think <laughs> no, my brother and I can't can't use telepathy to communicate, but um, but it is it is a fascinating thing. I think the closer but we all we, we all have, you know, fiancés. I think three of us all have fiancés now and for now. Uh, for now. And but there are often times where you don't need to say a word and you know what the other one is thinking. Is that language, right? Is that the ability to communicate? Like, oh shit, I did leave the toilet seat up. I can the, the look in her face is the look part of language or communication, right? So I think I, I I've always heard about that look. Is that actually yeah. a look? <laughs> well, you must I have a really think... great fiance. No, I mean, as the one. Yeah. But well, to your it's... point, is like she would rather be able to express herself in a, in a normal quote unquote way than have her thoughts reside only in her mind what's amazing to me is that we, we've we've come to evolve this this way of expressing ourselves that we can actually have these interesting conversations everything well, I, I've, I've often heard that your mind is all you will ever have for certain uh, and the way in which we deliver what's in our mind is through language so, so that's really powerful. so that's really um, actually uh, um, a thought just kind of popped in my head or like a very specific scene just popped into my head and it was uh, was it the second Star Wars in which uh, well we was second by do you mean the original the, the sec- no 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 the or, original second so actually which, number you mean seven the best one number yeah, seven yeah, or yeah the, 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 the Ewok forest yeah no, that's the third one isn't was it? it the third one in which they're doing the uh, theater of Han Solo to the other to the little Ewoks yeah. and they're like explaining the story of Han Solo and like the uh the uh, oh my god, I'm, I'm blanking out. Uh, Millennium Falcon, they're, they're Millennium Falcon, and like they're like, oh, it's a solo, like, and like yeah, all yeah. these kids kind of get scared. That scene to me is incredible. The ability that we can speak and that it becomes so visceral and so real. Um, the idea that you can, you guys can walk into a job and shake hands with your future employer on the promise that you're gonna get, receive something, that you're gonna receive payment for something, to me, it's incredible when it comes to language because what that tells me is that as human beings, we're willing to accept each other's words as reality on something that is not even real. That's it. You wanna do the wrap up? Yeah, sure. So that was a great discussion about language. So in a month or so, Michael will be leading the conversation. So yeah, we're all excited to hear how that'll go. You ready for that? I uh, I've never been more I, I'm more ready for that than I am for my pending wedding. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I. I oh yeah, but maybe in about a month, I think we're all gonna be uh, yeah. just about. Well, I'm gonna be uh, in about a month. I'll I'll probably be uh, hitched up. So I, I say pending, but it's really in a year from now. Uh, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to another insightful, uh, illuminative, enlightening. Uh, what other big words do I know? Uh, effervescent. effervescent 
conversation with uh, my co-host Amit and Gunther. Great. On great. Great. So for... uh, Make podcasts great again. So this is... So this is uh, Gunther, one-third of Crisscross Applesauce. Uh, You can find me at Gchenange on Twitter uh, and Gunther underscore C on Instagram. Uh, I am also the CEO of Primal Loop, a design agency in Brooklyn. So hit us up. Yeah, and I'm Amit. You can find me on Twitter at Kooner Amit, K-O-O-N-E-R-A-M-I-T, or on Instagram at Diamonds in His Pockets. It's from the song, you know, the uh, Two Princes song? Yeah. Uh, sorry, but I Two Princes, to Spin Doctors. Oh, you know yes, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. of course. He's got diamonds in his pockets, so go yeah, ahead now. Which was how wide I am. I think there's diamonds on my wrist. It's a diamonds on my wrist. That's a hip hop song. And I was going with diamonds in the soles of my shoes. I used that Rolex. And I am Mike. I am the the third, the third, the third third. Yeah, the third fourth. Applesauce. And you can find me at Marketer Mitch on the Twitter and on the Instagram. And also, we are on Twitter at uh, yeah. X- we as we as a show. We as in crisscross applesauce. The podcast are on Twitter at. XXAS podcast. Uh, and we're also going to be live on iTunes soon and, and Patreon. YouTube, and Patreon. Yeah. And a YouTube channel. And we are coming to take over the airwaves. Thanks for listening. Um, well, so actually, I want to take a page from uh, the good old Tim Ferriss book and test if our listeners are still listening right now. So if they are, uh, hit us at hit us up at uh, what was that? What was our X-X-A-S name? X X A S X X A S and podcast X X A S podcast X X A S podcast. If you're still listening to this podcast, or if this is your first time listening to the podcast, uh, so shoot us a tweet and use the hashtag. What was it? I think Tim Ferriss actually said banana gram. Hashtag banana gram. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So, uh, XXAS podcast on Twitter and use the hashtag Bananagram and we'll know that you've gotten to this part. So, until next time, for Michael, Amit, and Gunther, uh, we will see you soon. Applesauce out. We're ghosts.